Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. It's Thursday, the 22nd of February, 2024. I'm Carmen LaBerge. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Have you already been in your prayer closet this morning? Have you already been to the secret place and spent some time with God? You've been in the Word of God today? Where in the Word are you today? I'm in Psalm 86. I love the Psalms. I hope you love the Psalms as well. Um, Psalm 86 has our Growing Your Faith verses of the day in it. And so I'm going to lift those up. And then we're going to spend a minute talking about the Psalms and reading the Psalms and praying the Psalms, because I think that um, understanding in context, every time we lift up a verse or verses of scripture, you just need to recognize that, you know, they're not like, not like fortune cookies, not like uh, horoscopes. Um, this is a prayer book and a hymn book of the second temple period. This would have been the prayer book or the hymn book that Jesus would have used and known. And you say, well, you know, like you reach in front of you in the in the rack at church and there's a hymn book. Well, no, uh, because not everybody had a copy in their hands. So these became the um, the shared heart prayers, the shared heart hymns. If there are songs that you know by heart, that would be one way of understanding the way that um, the Jews of Jesus's day would have used and kept and celebrated and um, had the Psalter as their heart hymnal. So Psalm 86, verses 5 to 7, is our Growing Your Faith verse verses of the day. Oh, Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Listen closely to my prayer, O oh Lord. Hear my urgent cry. I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble. And you will answer me. You could um, go through the practice today of what I call lining out a passage of scripture. So here's how you would line out, as opposed to outline, like it's a different. So just switch the words around. Because <clears throat> line by line, we're going to go through this. And we see, you're going to see what comes out. Um, so when I line out a passage of scripture, I put the passage on the left-hand side of my paper, and I leave the whole right right side blank. So imagine taking an eight and a half by 11 sheet of blank paper or lined paper, it doesn't matter, and you fold it in half. So you've got, you know, two long columns. And then in the left-hand column, just write the first phrase. So in this case, oh Lord, you are so good. And over on the right-hand side, just spend a moment reflecting on that. Reflect on the Lordship of God. Reflect on your access to him as Lord. Reflect on the way that um, even the very fact that you can turn to him and he hears you, he sees you, he loves you, that the, the veil of the curtain, uh, the curtain has been torn in two from top to bottom and you have this access to just walk into the throne room of God and say, oh Lord, 
I mean, Jesus makes that possible. And then this declaration, oh, Lord, you are so good. What are, what are all the ways that you know that God is good? God is great. God is also good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. I mean, how do we even know what is good? What does it mean to be good? Jesus says only God is good. Only the Father is good. What does that mean? What does it mean for God to be so good? And then after you've spent some time on that line, go back over to the left side and write the next phrase. Oh, Lord, you are so ready to forgive. Now jot your notes on that line of this psalm over on the right-hand side of your page. This is what I call lining out a passage of Scripture. So as you are reflecting on the readiness of God to forgive, what does that, of course, immediately bring to mind? Well, my need for forgiveness. God, thank you for being so ready to forgive me in Jesus. Thank you for being so much more ready to forgive me than I am ready to forgive others. Change that about me today. Make me more ready to forgive others. Make me more like you in that way. You're so good. You see how line one and line two get related then? You see how the goodness of God in forgiving us and, and our knowledge that he's good makes us able to even conceive of him as ready to forgive? Like, I can't even look at myself unless I know that God is good. I can't, I can't consider God's readiness to forgive because that means I'm going to look at my sin unless I know just how good God is and what it means for him to be the Lord of my, of my life. So then after spend, spending some time on that line, let's, you know, go back to the left side of our sheet of paper and write the next line. Oh, Lord, you are so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Wow, you could spend a lot of time there, right? Over on the right-hand side of your sheet of paper, what does it mean for God to be so full of unfailing love? <laughs> what, what, is, what is the fullness of God? Like what? I can't wrap my mind around the fullness of God. Can you? When Paul says that he hopes that we will be filled with the fullness of of, of, of the measure of God. I'm like, okay, so God is full, full of unfailing love. Everybody's going to be full of something, right? God's un- God is full of unfailing love. What are you full of? I want to be full of unfailing love, don't you? You see how I could spend a lot of time just reflecting on reveling in just not even a whole line. This is just a phrase of one psalm in one verse of the Bible, Spend some time today, not just outlining, but lining out a passage of Scripture. Maybe line out the rest of Psalm 86, verses 5 to 7. Oh, Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Uh Uh-huh. The all business there, it's one thing for me to be confident that God is full of unfailing love and ready to forgive me out of his goodness, but everybody else... Those, those people who have sinned against me and are asking God for help today, God's going to be full of unfailing love toward them. He's ready to forgive them. He's going to be good to them. Well, now, hold on a minute, because that doesn't seem just or fair, uh-huh. because that's grace and mercy, and it's new every morning, and God is full of it. God is full of unfailing love for all who ask for his help. Who do you, who do you know that you could be praying for today? that needs to turn to God and ask for help? Who do you know today that needs to turn to God and ask for help? It's one thing for us to be praying with the psalmist this prayer and have ourselves in mind. It's another thing for us to pray with the psalmist in Psalm 86 and have others in mind 
Oh, Lord, you are so good. You are so ready to forgive, not just me, but everybody else who asks for your help. You're so full of unfailing love, not just for me, but for all who ask for your help. Listen closely to my prayer, O oh Lord. Let me, let me tell you, when you put that line down on the left side of your sheet of paper and over there on the right, you start reflecting on how closely God is attending to your prayers. When you consider that God is closer to you than your very next breath, that he knows your thoughts before they're formed in your mind, that God is listening closely to your prayer, not just the words, but your heartbeat, the tone of your voice, those sighs and cries too deep for words that God understands your groaning prayers, that he remembers every one you've spoken since the, since the days that you could speak, that God is listening closely to your prayers when you can't put together words. Hear my urgent cry. So what is your urgent cry today? Every day brings cause for new urgency in crying out to God. So what are your urgent prayers today? Be sure and write those down, line those out. And then I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble. Who's the first person you call when you're in trouble? Let it be God. And then be confident in this. You will answer me. Be confident that God always answers prayers, not in the timing that we want necessarily, not in the way that we want, um, but God always answers prayers. So give me your perspective today on the way you are answering my prayers, O oh God. And all of this, I pray in Jesus' name. The psalmist didn't have the name of Jesus in which to pray, but you and I do. So let's be praying today in Jesus' name. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Who did you meet yesterday? You know, along the, uh, along the road of life, who did you meet yesterday? I met some extraordinary women yesterday. So the National Religious Broadcasters our meeting, and uh, and so I popped in for part of the day yesterday, and I met some extraordinary women. So Kathleen Cook is a friend. She um, uh, she married to Phil Cook. Together they have a you know media company. They live in um, they live in L.A. I don't know. They probably actually like live in like legit Hollywood. Anyway, she's um, she's a powerhouse in terms of a woman of faith who wants to use her influence to um, you know to help other women. Um, and elevate their platforms. And so I love that about her. And so yesterday I had the opportunity to spend a little time with her and what she's doing, which is called Influence Women. And she introduced me to um, the women who are behind movies that we have talked about in the past. We've talked about Unplanned. We've talked about Nefarious. I got to meet the woman behind those. And her name is Sheila. And maybe we'll get to have her on. I met uh, the sisters who are behind the movie Catching Faith and also um uh, the identity crisis. Did you know that uh, Catching Faith was actually shot in uh, the Chippewa Valley of northwestern Wisconsin and that that little town actually like brought forth everything that was necessary for the production of that film? Like that is just such a testimony and such a cool story. So um, I met a woman from Pakistan. She's a Christian. Her husband is a, you know, um, Muslim background believer. And God reached into their lives, and in the same way that, uh, you know, God tells Americans, Christians, to go other places and share the gospel, God called this family from Pakistan to the United States as missionaries. <laughs> just think about that for just a minute. Um, 
And so my conversation with her was really extraordinary. She said, you know, there are people groups in the United States that American Christians avoid. And so God is sending Christians from other parts of the world to be missionaries in the United States to reach people that American Christians are avoiding. Just sit there for a moment. Uh, My old friend uh, John Wilkie introduced me to a pro-life OBGYN, a woman from Texas who helps Christians understand the risks of the abortion drugs that are on the market, the ones that are being used at home without a doctor's involvement. And um, we had a conversation about why allowing those to be sent through the U.S. mail, like why that needs to stop and her advocacy for that. So that was fascinating. Um, I also met a woman who's raised in Iran. She speaks six languages. I thought I like barely speak English well, but she speaks uh, six languages. And God has called her um, to help Christians in Iran translate the Bible into like the contemporary heart languages of the people there, which means dozens of languages. So if you think about uh, whatever, not just translation of scripture you find most effective in terms of engaging God's word, but you and I as English speaking Christians, I mean, we literally have like an endless number of Bibles that we can choose from. And there's new Bibles coming online virtually every day. Um, and so why is that? Um, and what does it say about us that we think, well, you know, the Bible's been translated into Farsi. I mean, that's enough for all those people in Iran. But all those people in Iran speak dozens of different languages and dialects, some of them not Farsi at all. And so what does it look like for the Bible to be available in like the genuine heart languages of various people groups across Iran? And how can that process actually lead people to faith? So that was a fascinating conversation. So this was my thought at the end of the day. I like love the people who know people and introduce me to other people. Those connector people, I love those people. So thank you, Kathleen Cook. Thank you, John Wilkie. Thank you to others who have introduced me. I mean, Paul Perot introduced me to John Wilkie, I'm pretty sure. Paul, do you remember that? I don't Uh, think, I thought. I think you did, other way around. I think it's the other way around. John Wilkie introduced us to he you. He likes you. He, oh. Well, there you go. Oh, well, yeah. see, then, oh, there you well, go. I like him, too. He's huh? a good guy. Yeah, he likes you a lot. Um, who could you introduce to someone else today? Like, for whom could you be that connective tissue? John actually described himself yesterday um, to somebody else as a ligament in the body of Christ. And I thought, I'm totally stealing that. I love that language and that image. He's a ligament in the body of Christ. He's part of the connective tissue, Um, and he's stretchy, and I like that. So who who could you introduce to someone else today? How could you be some of the connective tissue in the body of Christ today? And what kingdom stories would you then be prepared to tell? Because every single one of these people yesterday was was prepared to talk about what God is showing them. And what God is doing in in a place in the world or in a group of people um, or in a segment of the culture that I might not know that God is working, like revealing the goodness of God throughout every area of life. So where do you see God working in your life, in your neighborhood? Where is the joy of your salvation? And if somebody introduced you today to somebody else, um, how would you go about like filling in the gaps there? Like what would you choose to say? Would you glorify Christ? Would you make him known? Would you advance the gospel one, one square inch in that moment? 
So I appreciate the way that God has his people all over the world doing all kinds of things and the ways that he continues to touch hearts and minds and the people who serve as connective tissue. So just wanted to celebrate that for a moment and have you consider how you might be um, some connective tissue in the body of Christ today. What two people out there in the world could you connect together and just see what God does? We're going to continue our conversation together here in just a moment, just you and me. I want you to imagine for a moment that being Christian is illegal. It's against the law. Just a moment here. It's against the law for you to be a Christian. Would there be enough evidence to convict you in a court of law? That's next here on Mornings with Carmen. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. All right, I want you to imagine for a moment that you had to produce enough proof that you are a Christian. So this could go either way. Uh, I set this up by saying, imagine that being a Christian is illegal and you've been accused of it. And would there be enough evidence to convict you of it in a court of law? But turn that around for just a moment and imagine that you have to prove, positively prove, that you are a Christian, an actual Christian. Like, how would you do that? What evidence would you bring? That is the challenge that is now in front of uh, Iranian Iranian con- uh, converts to the Christian faith, people who, who are Muslim background believers who have become Christians. And, um, uh, and they have, because of persecution, sought asylum. Um, in countries across Europe. And now judges across Europe are trying to decide whether or not these asylum seekers who are claiming religious persecution are, quote, genuine Christians. So imagine in a court of law that you have to produce evidence that you are a Christian or they're going to send you back to the country where being a Christian is illegal. (laughs) So just think about that for just a moment. Okay, so what physical evidence, there's two kinds of evidence, by the way, in a court of law, there's physical evidence and there's testimony. So we're going to talk a little bit about what kind of physical evidence you and I might have in our lives to prove that we're a Christian. Like what evidence would you bring? What evidence would you present in a court of law to prove that you are a Christian? I mean, you think it'd be enough that like you own a piece of cross jewelry? I don't know. I'm thinking that's not going to be enough. Um, I do think that if, if you are um, uh, a person who has experienced um, physical harm that has left scars on your body because you are a Christian, that would be physical evidence to show. What about your Bible? Like, is your Bible sufficiently... Is it obvious that you're in it a lot? I mean, you can't just, like, show up with a Bible and the binding's never been cracked, Right. Would your Bible bear witness? Would your Bible be a good witness for you, physical evidence that you are a person of the word, a person who's in the word? Where are you in the word today? 
How about your sermon notes? Journals, the books that you read. What exhibits would you bring forward, physical exhibits, to prove that you are a Christian? Is there proof of faith in your life? And you say to yourself, well, the proof of faith would not be so much physical evidence as it would be testimony. Aha! Okay, so maybe not the Bible that you bring in that's all worn, because after all, you probably could have gotten that from somebody else. How about memorized verses or memorized passages of Scripture? Could you bring that forward as personal testimony to to prove your faith? How about stories from the Bible that you could tell? How about your own testimony of conversion? How about your own experiences with Jesus? How about the evidence of a transformed life? Maybe a creedal statement. I mean, could you at least, could you at least come up with the Apostles' Creed by memory, by heart? How about the Lord's Prayer? Would these be enough? I think you're going to need some corroborating witnesses. I think you're going to need witnesses to corroborate your claim that you are a Christian. Proof of life is one thing, right? Snapshot picture with today's newspaper. Proof of faith is a whole nother thing. So what kind of testimonies would people would people offer? What would the witnesses say to corroborate your claim that you're a Christian? How about your fellow Christians with whom you worship? How about those in your small group? How about neighbors whom you have served in the name of Christ? How about people for whom you've prayed and they know it and they're willing to step forward and say so? How about those who would give testimony contrary to your claim? <laughs> Just, you know, that's the part that we're probably most worried about, right? Who would the prosecution put on the stand to offer testimony against your claim that you are a Christian? Jesus said that the world would know we are Christians by our love. The love that we demonstrate for one another, the forgiveness that we show of our enemies, the welcoming of the stranger, the, ser- the serving of the least among us, loving people sacrificially. Would there be evidence, would there be testimony to support the claim that I am a follower of Jesus if I were put on the stand and I had to prove it? Would there be proof of faith? Would there be proof that I am walking in the way as a disciple of Jesus Christ? What if proof of faith became required in the culture in which we live? And how do we expect new converts of the faith to prove it? So who are you walking with today that's a new believer or a newer believer or at least a newer believer than you? How are you answering their questions? How are you helping them grow as a disciple of Jesus So that if and when they're ever put on the stand and they ever have to prove their faith, you could be a witness who could walk forward and say, hey, I am one who knows this one. This is my brother, my sister in Christ. We walk together in the way of Jesus. This is one who walks and talks with Jesus and knows him, relies on him as Savior and Lord. Maybe one more um, question related to proof of faith would be this. Can people tell you've been with Jesus? Because I assure you, everyone can certainly tell when we haven't been with him. Let me ask you this. Who knows you best? In all the world, who knows you best? Who has walked with you through a sufficient stretch of life to really genuinely, honestly know you? Well, I am blessed to have a friend named Jessica who is a sister in Christ. She's known me since I was 15, 
So this is the 40th anniversary of our friendship. We've been friends for 40 years. That's a long time. And by God's grace, this is um, also very nearly the 40th anniversary of our fellowship in Jesus. So she is not only my best authentic friend, she is my sister in Christ. She is one of the shiny ones, and she's going to join us next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, hey, I'm Carmen LeBurge. It's Mornings with Carmen uh, here on the Faith Radio Network. Um, it's quite unusual for me to actually have somebody in my tiny little studio, um, but I do today, and her name is Jessica Lally. She is my friend in real life, and so I thought it would be fun. If you've ever wondered what my real-life friends actually say about me, <clears throat> you're about to find out. thought that'd be fun today. Um, so Jessica is a connector of people, and she likes to connect people with Jesus, and she likes to connect the Jesus people with each other in her professional life. She connects Christian authors and speakers and influencers with audiences and with one another. Voices to Connect is the name of her business. Um, if you're planning a conference or an event or a Zoom training or a ministry event, Jessica is the kind of person who helps you put that together in a way that doesn't just meet your goals, but glorifies God and expands the kingdom. So I love what she does. I love the way that she does it. And I love her. She is truly one of the shiny ones, and she's been my best friend since high school. Jessica, welcome back. Good morning. So um, I want you to talk about being a book missionary. Well, I will say it's really, it's been a fun hobby. It started when my husband bought me one of those free little libraries to put in our front yard. And you stock it with books and neighbors can come by and take one or leave some. And then I realized that our street is not very busy. So (laughs) not much movement was happening. So I started finding them all around the city, and there was one that gets a ton of traffic in Atlanta. So I would just keep books in my car to put in. And, I mean, every day they were getting taken. I was so happy. And I am putting in true, good, and beautiful books and taking out the ones that are not so good. And those go to the recycling. I take the cover off and put them in my recycling. (laughs) So you're, um, you're like the librarian that's making sure that our bookshelves out there in those little libraries are have stocked with good, good, true, and beautiful books. Um, so where where do you get the books that you put into the little libraries? I mean, are you, you know, are you a thrift shopper? Are you, are you, you know, are you culling your own? Yes. Are you culling my books? Yes. Like what's happening? Well, my husband would really like me to cull more of the ones I have. I do like collecting, but now I love sharing. So when I'm at a Goodwill or a thrift store, I always buy my favorites so that I can restock the libraries. But the other day, I thought, I could be a book missionary at Goodwill. So I just pulled out the ones that looked good and positioned them like it was in a bookstore so people could see the featured True Good and Beautiful books. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So um, you um, were had occasion to go to Kenya. And I shared that on air that I had a friend that was going to be traveling to Kenya and was not for a ministry-related thing initially, but like like God can use any trip we take anywhere, you allowed God to turn it into a book missionary trip of sorts. So talk about how you were, I shared on, on air, I have this friend who's going to Kenya, and other Faith Radio listeners 
chimed in and said, I have a missionary friend in Kenya or I have a pastor friend in Kenya. And then we also at Faith Radio have a pastor in Kenya who listens. Just talk about how you allowed God to use your family trip to Kenya for other purposes and really transformed it into a, a, a mission trip. Yes. And then, and then that has just taken off from there. Um, okay, so Carmen says, I have a friend going to Kenya. One of your listeners is a frequent listener. She often shares the Faith Radio podcast with her missionary friend who lives way in the outskirts out, out of Nairobi, maybe five hours out of Nairobi. And somehow Carmen connected me with this lady. So she and I talked and I packed a few extra books. Carmen's books, Speak the Truth. I packed some Faith Radio bookmarks and a few other books of um of some of our speakers and authors that we feel like are, you know, transformative. Popped them in my suitcase. And then when I talked to this lady, it seemed crazy, but she gave me these instructions. It might have cost $15, okay? Free in the suitcase, $15. Go to a this certain location in Nairobi. Um, the hotel did it for me. And I think on their tuk-tuk, this thing, this b- box of books gets transported. Okay. For people who've never been to Africa, what is a tuk-tuk? It's... It's a little bike, like a three-wheel bike. That's how people get around sometimes if they don't have a car. And she just said, put my driver's name on it. This is my city. When this lady is like a grandmother to 75 kids. And I think that she's probably way under the radar in a kind of way serving these kids. So this story gets better. So I give her the book. She's thrilled. She takes a picture. She's so happy. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that was so fun. That was so fun. So then... Another friend went back two months later, and I said, hey, can you put some books in your suitcase? So I called my missionary lady, and I said, what do you want? And she said, I need the parachute book for teenagers. I need this specific book on prayer, and I really like this tea. I mean, it was nothing. I would have sent her a whole suitcase if I could. So same thing again. This person takes the information, $15, sends it on the driver, and she has it in two days. Yeah, you're like you're like the Christian, the better Christian version of Amazon. It's really fantastic. Very specific. I know. So Jim from Simsbury, Connecticut, who is on the text line right now. Yes, this is the Jessica from Atlanta who heard that you needed copies of somebody's book and she shipped them to you. So yes, there you go. Being a book missionary, this is a really good thing. What books do you have um, sitting around? Maybe books that have blessed you that you have an extra copy of. Your church library might be a really good resource um, here as well. I mean, if you've got, you know, books stacked around in your church that nobody's using, somebody out there in the world would find them to be a huge, huge blessing. Um, Sometimes when I am out and about and I see one of those like, you know, books a million places or places where you can literally buy a whole box of books for nearly nothing, um, I'll, I'll pop in and I'll see if they got any genuinely good books. And then you can put that box of books in the back of your car. And when you see a little library, just pull over and pull out a book that is not any good for anybody and replace it with a book that's good for everybody. Um, obviously, if you've got Bibles, those are actually really good to put in little libraries. You'd be surprised how many people um, feel like they have to steal a Bible because they don't know how else to get one. Well, and people of other faith are very um, big on putting their books in there. And so we need to be out there and it's not hard. Ask your friends. Give me your extra books. I also leave them in doctor's offices and lobbies and nail salons or some of the magazines that we get that are good from different ministries. Um, oh, wait a second. This is really good. 
Because there's people in waiting rooms all over the place reading terrible, terrible, trashy magazines. So what you're saying is I could be a magazine missionary. I could take my good magazines Mm -hmm. that I get, good news magazines of all kinds, and I could leave them. I could replace the magazines. I like this idea. We learned about at a conference a couple of years ago about Cosmopolitan and how bad it is. Um, Then the woman that's part of the Hearst family was trying to get rid of them being available to under 18-year-olds. And so if I saw one in in the lobby, I would just go up to the front desk and say, open it up to the terrible page. By the way, do you know this is here? (laughs) But now I just do it myself and I just, it disappears like the car waiting place. Oh my gosh, they had the terrible magazines there. So now they have, you know, all kinds of good magazines and um, good books. Uh, Okay, so I learned a phrase from you a number of years ago. Um, and it's a it's it's a phrase that I feel like you've repurposed and we've probably talked about it when you've been with me before. Again, I'm talking with Jessica Lally from Voices to Connect. You can find her, is that a dot com? Voices to Connect dot com. Um she is my best friend from high school, and so uh, I love her. She's a sister in Christ. And a number of years ago, you 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 adopted this phrase from the culture, yes. and it's BOLO, be on the lookout. But how have you transformed that in the Christian life? Yes, it is a police term, you know, <laughs> be on the lookout for this kind of person, that kind of person, last seen here. And so I I wasn't really trying, but it turned out that I— would love to be on the lookout for people that were doing great things or people to engage with. A lot of times this is in the service industry, um, at the grocery store or at Panera. I have a lot of friends there and you're, you're noticing. And Carmen taught me many years ago, the ministry of presence. And I think that is us being less distracted, being fully present. And, um, so Bolo has just become this crazy thing that now I have a lot of friends, you know, catching on to it. And it's not hard. It's free. And what you find out is people love to be seen. Um, sometimes it's me trying to help them make sure they have a name tag. And I happened at a Salvation Army. The next week, the guy did go and get his name tag fixed, which was important. Or you see someone doing great work. I love to report back on the little receipt on the um, bill and tell what a great job someone was doing. We live in a place of complaining and we just cannot do that. Yeah. So noticing people, calling them by name, um, intervening when you know how to do something that the only reason that somebody is not accessing um, something that they need is because they don't know how, or they don't know, or they can't get there. Or um, so can you, um, if you're willing, talk to us about the friend that you've made um, who is now no longer homeless and now has a job and a community of fellowship? And I think you met him at Panera. Yes. Um, it's actually our like one-year anniversary okay, of that. meeting him. I, ha- I usually go in the morning. I have the coffee membership. I like talking to all the people there. They're the first people I talk to. And I listen to the Faith Radio on the way which has been fun because sometimes I'm wearing some faith radio merch and that brings up great opportunity for conversation. But this man was doing extraordinary work cleaning. And I just thought I got to report him. I have to find out his name. So I found out his name. And at the time he wasn't homeless, but he had been for most 30 years of his life off and on. And since then he has been able to get a different kind of job and more permanent living. Um, 
he has taught me so much. People might say you've helped him, but I would say he has helped me through some family situations on how to navigate, seeing life through a different lens. And he's such a godly person. He knows the Bible better than anyone I know. And I just think we can't make assumptions when we see people. So that's really been the joy with Bolo and engaging with people that don't have the same background as I do, just learning from them. And that's one of the things, Carmen, you've done so much for me is seeing life through different people's lens and with the God lens. So one of the things I really appreciate about that particular story is that you then connected him with other people who really did need his services. Um, And because of this incredible positive Christian spirit that he has, Mm -hmm. his willingness to come alongside people in pain or in need that has just been extraordinary. And so his needs have been met in ways and other people's needs have been met in ways. And so I just wanted to thank you for seeing him and engaging with him. I do want you to tell another um, Panera story because um, I seem to recall that I made an assignment one day on the air, which, by the way, people tend to take seriously, which is great. But sometimes I don't write down all the assignments that I make. And then they ask later in the day, hey, could you remind me what the assignment was this morning? And I'm like, oh, well, Stream of Consciousness Carmen did not write it down. So thank you to those of you who are writing down the assignments every day. One day I was talking about the word of the year. And okay, so it was January and you walked into Panera and you just asked the person serving you if they had a word of the year. Like what, what was that story? Yeah. So it's about a 12 minute walk to Panera and I tried to time it so I can be on listening to Carmen at the very beginning of the show. And she talked about the word of the year. And um, I believe that we talked about peace. And when I walked in, I saw my wonderful, beautiful lady, Audrey, and I just, Decided it was on my mind, and so I decided to ask her, and she indeed had the word herself, peace. So it, it took our conversation to a much deeper level, because I do think people are tired of just shallow conversation. And so there's, it's not hard to take it to another level and get to their heart and let them, help them be seen. So now Audrey and I, who are, we are sisters in Christ, we're able to have much, rich, much more rich conversations. We're talking with Jessica Lally. Um, She, like you, is a Mornings with Carmen junkie. Um, Yeah, and she's also a Faith Radio ambassador. And that is actually what we're going to talk about next. Because what she, the testimony that she just shared, hey, I'm already out for my morning walk. This is what I'm doing. This is my routine. Part of it is listening to Faith Radio. But then taking something that you heard and actually then repeating it to someone else. That is what an ambassador does. And so when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about being a Faith Radio ambassador. She already gave part of it away. Like, you know, she wears her Faith Radio hat or her Faith Radio shirt. She shares um, she shares books or she shares recommendations. She engages people in conversations about what she's hearing on air. So being a Faith Radio ambassador is something that you can do too. Um, and uh, and so we want to talk about a little bit about that next as well. I'm also going to invite Jessica to think back 40 years and tell you what I was like and how she has seen me grow in my faith um, and maybe something that um, she feels like she's learned along the way as we have walked together in Jesus. So more with Jessica Lally next here on Mornings with Carmen. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. Hey, Faith Radio is celebrating 75 years of bringing faith to life. That's right. We are 75 this year. 
So to celebrate, we are giving away 75 Faith Radio birthday boxes packed with all kinds of fun things to help you grow in your walk of faith and, yes, celebrate with us. So we're going to be celebrating the birth and growth and future of Faith Radio all year long, and you are an integral part of the Faith Radio family, and so we want to send you a gift. How fun is that? This is our birthday song. It isn't very long. So to enter to win a Faith Radio birthday box today, come to MyFaithRadio.com. Hey, hey, I'm Carmen LeBurge. It is Thursday, the 22nd of February. Good morning. Rise and shine. Time to get up there and out there. Get into the Word of God before you get out there into the world that God so loves. We want you to be equipped for your walk of faith. Um, I have a friend who's been walking with me in the faith for 40 years. It's really kind of actually hard to believe. I know, her jaw just dropped. Um, Her name's Jessica Lally. She's been my dearest friend in the world since I was 15. And she is, uh, she heads up an organization called Voices to Connect. You can find them at VoicesToConnect.com. And so um, Jessica is a Faith Radio ambassador. I'm going to invite her to talk about that. Um, And then I'm going to invite her to talk a little bit about just our journey of faith together over over the last 40 years. This is your opportunity to find out what Carmen was like, you know, when she was 15. So Jess, Faith Radio Ambassador. Okay, so this just has kept growing and growing. And I think because as I've seen people's reaction, it's contagious. And anyway, I do love to in, to take out Faith Radio with me, the app and bookmarks and Carmen's book. But especially the app, that's why I feel that the digital platform is so important these days, because when I am out, so we talked about Kenya, I made friends with the two um, people in the gym that are training, training the guest, and the kind of material that they are reading is, is sort of old and stale. And so I was able to bring them a few of my books that I had in the suitcase waiting for the right people. But I also shared with them the app. And so what I have on my notes is I have it handy, the link to the app, and then I've done a screenshot of the app so people can quickly quickly find it. And then when I'm out and about, I also leave the bookmarks in those free little libraries or in the doctor's waiting rooms. And I find when I ask a question too, what podcast do you listen to? And I always have an opportunity to say something. So... Here is the story that I just remembered that just happened. Um, I was in uh, West Palm Beach and Palm Beach recently, and there's a bridge that goes between Mar-a-Lago and, you know, from Palm Beach to West Palm Beach. There's a bridge, and a lot of times there are people out there in general, and then there are some people out there that are waving all the Trump flags and material. And I decide I'm going to stop and ask this person, like, what drives you to be out here? And I let him tell me his whole whole story about why he was there. And as I learned, he listens to all kinds of he does watch all kinds of news. He doesn't he's not as crazy as he might seem, but he does spend a lot of time out there at the end of his workday. Well, I was able to segue into, oh, well, you read all kinds of news. And I was able to share the Faith Radio app and and say, this might be something you might enjoy um, to hear perspective and and different things. I didn't discount what he was doing, but I wanted to give him something. So he took a screenshot of the app. And then I also shared one of your regular people that I love, Nick Pitts. I had him subscribe to his email. And I think that we have opportunities to redirect people 
to the true, good, and beautiful material that is out there, um, as we hear prompt, if we take enough time to ask them the questions, we kind of know which way to go. That is so good. So if you're listening and you're saying to yourself, well, I want to become a Faith Radio ambassador. How do I do that? Here you go. MyFaithRadio.com. You click on About. So MyFaithRadio.com. Click on the About tab. And the very first thing on the list is Faith Radio Ambassadors. So super duper simple. MyFaithRadio.com. Click on the About tab. And the first thing um, that's going to pop up is going to be Faith Radio Ambassadors. Because you're wondering, aren't you? Like, how's Jessica getting bookmarks? How is she getting little podcast cards? Like, how is she getting the stuff that she's passing out? Well, we're sending it to her because she's a Faith Radio Ambassador. Um, and you can be too. Yeah. In fact, you should be. In fact, won't you be? Um, so go to MyFaithRadio.com, click the About tab, and become a Faith Radio Ambassador. So Jess, um, it's kind of hard to imagine that we've known each other for 40 years. Uh, and so I just thought, well, might be fun for you to reflect on that. Um, who was I? What have we learned along the way? Well, Carmen, we, we met in our first few weeks of high school. And as it turns out, we were both running to be vice president of our sophomore class and it, it didn't work out for either one of us, but that's okay. Um, but I really saw something in you different at the time and I didn't know it and I didn't, I didn't know that we'd be friends this many years later, but we have really grown together as friends in our faith. We've been through a lot of life together. And what happened is in, also in our sophomore year was the year that your dad passed away suddenly. And that changed the tone and the spirit of things because I witnessed what you now teach people that other people gave you, which was the ministry of presence. And we would go to Carmen's house and sometimes you're just available. This isn't about having a casserole caravan or entertaining people to death. It is being present. And so I saw you go through that very hard time. And it was something that none of our friends were dealing with. And I think that it did, you did have to grow up quick and make different kinds of decisions um, financially and for school and you know, having one parent and your mom was amazing. I used to, I loved being over there. Um, she always made me feel loved and still does. And I, that's what I received from you and your sister, Tiana. As I recall, part of the reason we had to hang out at my house was because your dog bit me. True. Like, yeah, Jessica had a dog that did not like me and which I find surprising because dogs tend to like me, but her dog did not. Um, so along the way of life, um, uh, you, yeah, young life was a big part of our early, um, you know, early development as disciples. We, we went to different colleges and then I went to graduate school and you went off to Chicago, um, and, you know, entered your professional life. And then eventually you came back to Atlanta and you married Mark, who I totally love. Um, the Holy Spirit is, um, is a person you have come to know in very different ways and allowing the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit has been something that um, has been a good development in your walk of faith, like, right, not thinking that you can be other people's Holy Spirit, because you like to do that, but it's good. I fired myself from that job, but sometimes it creeps back in. (laughs) (laughs) That might be something that we both suffer from. Um, So I, I love and appreciate the way that you've raised your kids and how important being sure that they were um, aware 
of the things of God and the things of the faith and walking with them as they have grown in their own journey and path of discipleship, um, not seeking to sort of force them in any way, like recognizing that faith is something that comes um, as an individual expression and just really allowing your people to be their own people as they've journeyed in faith. And I've loved the way that your faith has been expressed in the context of your of your larger family as well, or your extended family, and certainly in my family. Oh, we're out, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be paying attention to the clock. There's music, which means um, I got to look at the clock. Um, okay, we're almost completely out of time, but we have another hour together. You can give your thank yous to Jessica on the text line, 877-933-2484. Sorry, I got a little carried away. We are going to have another hour together next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Jessica, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.